bitches. Welcome back to the Bitches Brew Podcast. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Sol. And today's topic is going to be all about scary mortician stories. Yes. So. <laughs> How did we get here? You may be wondering. I know. It's a little morbid. It's a little weird. But <laughs> we started off with like searching just like unusual deaths. Yeah. Then we're like, ooh, what about, like, unusual deaths in amusement parks? And we're just going down, like, that hole. And in researching that, we found that a lot of stories came from people in, like, the autopsy world. So, like, coroners, medical examiners, there's a difference. We'll get into that. (laughs) (laughs) And just, like, pathologists. And it was just like, why not just, like, hear their stories? Yeah, because... When we were growing up, we had a show called A Thousand Ways to Die. Yes. That was so ridiculous. And I truly wondered if people actually died the way they say they died on this show. Because some of them were, like, really, really ridiculous. Yeah. I think one of them died smelling his own shit. I remember when it was, like, this lady was, like, tied up by some guy that had broken into her house. And I guess he had, like super bad halitosis which is like really bad breath Mm -hmm. and she was like gagged and so she could only like breathe through her like mouth and then she like I guess gagged on her own throw up and like that's how she died (laughs) (laughs) yeah no that show was was something else Mm -hmm. but that's what kind of kicked off this entire rabbit hole of things and like Steph said we ended up with stories of morticians funeral home directors coroners medical examiners but we were under the impression that medical examiners and coroners were the same thing or same labels for like the same job but it's not so according to this article from science how stuff for Medical examiners and forensic pathologists usually concentrate on how a person dies in unusual fashion. So if they die violently, if they die suddenly, if they die in like a weird circumstance, like that's when they come in. Okay. One of the major difference between the coroner and the medical examiner is between how they are selected. And so one of them is through an electoral process, while the other one is a Appointed, and it's also like their professional status. So coroners are elected by people who often don't have professional training, whereas medical examiners are appointed and have board certification in the medical specialty. So they're like kind of above coroners or just like a little bit more knowledgeable. The reason why we give the differences between those is because when we were searching up like stories of coroners, it was kind of used interchangeably with the funeral home directors. So essentially a funeral home director is a mortician. But then we found medical examiners and their types of stories are very different than the mortician stories that we found. Yeah, because we found that like mortician stories were a lot more paranormal, whereas someone who was a medical examiner was a lot more of just like the death and like the gruesome details that come along with it. Yeah. So with that being said, little spoiler alert, there's going to be some gross subjects that we're going to be talking about. Very detailed descriptions of some very, for lack of better word, gross deaths. 
I think one of the stories we're going to cover is the liquefying body in a hot tub. So we give you a warning. It's going to get gnarly. (laughs) (laughs) So we highly do not recommend that you eat while listening to this. (laughs) Yeah, please don't. Like we always do with these sorts of topics. When we just kind of read you guys stories, everything will be linked in the description of this podcast episode because we don't cover each and every one of them, but we highly recommend if you're interested in this topic whatsoever to read on your own all the articles if you have the stomach for it. Yeah, because there's some really good ones in here and unfortunately we don't have the time or the link to go like through all of them. So if you guys are ever bored, read about death. <laughs> like we do. Yeah. <laughs> Um, But we're going to start off with a Ranker article titled 16 Coroners Describe the Gnarliest Bodies They've Ever Seen. I told you it was going to get gnarly. (laughs) (laughs) And so Ranker likes to skim through Reddit and compile all the Reddit posts into one article, which is like our favorite. So we're going to start off with a dead body stew. Ooh, that's always fun. So one coroner says that the gnarliest body he's ever encountered was due to suicide by pills and alcohol. He says that that in itself isn't that shocking. The individual took an entire bottle of sleeping pills, drank a half bottle of alcohol, and got in their hot tub. The individual died, but the body remained in the hot tub until the smell of the decomposing body alerted neighbors. If you could imagine a body decomposing, then liquefying in a hot tub, it still really doesn't do the actual sight of it justice. The smell was so intense that many of us vomited, including the guys from Aftermath Inc. hired by the family to clean up. Best I can describe it is the individual died in a hot tub, which then became a giant crock pot of dead body stew. Enough said. (laughs) Way to start it off. I want to be cremated. I don't want to die (laughs) in a very, like, gruesome way. You know? Like, I want to go very easily. (laughs) Yeah. I will cremate you. I will turn you into a tree. (laughs) Or a bush. Whatever you want. (laughs) A bush. (laughs) (laughs) To go along with that, this one is called Steamed Like a Lobster. What's the worst way to die is the most asked question to which Mila and Nick usually replies, you don't want to know. When people insist, however, she tells them about Sean Doyle. He even sounds like an unfortunate name. Doyle. Boyle. Boyle. <laughs> Boiled like a lobster. <laughs> <laughs> so, around Christmas 2002, bartender Doyle went out drinking with Hal, Michael Wright, and Wright's girl. Girlfriend. As they all walked home, Wright thought Doyle was hitting on his girlfriend, and witnesses later told the cops they saw a man getting the shit beat out of him. He was heard screaming, No, don't break my legs. This is so fucking violent. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> Another witness said he saw someone throw Doyle down an open manhole. The drop was 18 feet. And at the bottom was a pool of boiling water from a broken main. Doyle didn't die instantly. In fact, as first responders arrived, he was standing below, reaching up, screaming for help. No paramedic or firefighter could climb down to help because it was 300 
hundred degrees in the steam tunnel. Four hours later, Sean Doyle's body was finally recovered. Its temperature was 125 degrees. The medical examiners thought it was likely way higher, but thermometers don't read any higher than that. When Melanick saw the body on her autopsy table, she writes she thought he had been steamed like a lobster. His entire outer layer of skin had been peeled off and his internal organs were literally cooked. He otherwise had no broken bones and no head trauma, which meant he was fully conscious as he was boiled to death. I'm like cringing so hard. <laughs> I can't. Oh my gosh. That is such a brutal way to die. Let's look for a funny one. <laughs> Let's lighten this up. So this Reddit post reads, I've seen a few in my life. They're not being the part of the medical examiner or coroner. In the past, I worked as a deputy, so every so often we'd have to do calls where inevitably we ran across deceased persons. A couple that stick in my mind as being the most bizarre, one being that they responded to a house after a man's wife called to report her husband had been attacked and raped. We arrived to find the man dead with no pants on in the barn. Best we could ever figure out was that the man had been having relations with a small pony and ended up being mounted by a stallion. <gasps> that is not where I thought this was going. No. <laughs> This reminds me of the horse documentary. Don't even get us started on the horse documentary. People that are into bestiality are something else. Yeah. To say the least. Perforated his intestines and he bled to death. Can you imagine walking in and like seeing... No. Mm -mm. Okay. Mm -mm. That poor wife. Yeah. Also, just like hygiene wise... Like a man doing a pony, all the diseases that ponies have, and then you go and you do your wife. Do you think the wife knew? I don't think so, if she said that he had been raped. But I mean, if they were in the barn, then maybe she like speculated he was like doing something up in the barn. I guess. I, I don't know. It's weird. So the other case took two years to resolve. Um, in that case, a young boy, about 15, was found wrapped around a pine tree wearing only his boxers. By wrapped around, I mean in the sense of every bone in his body was broken. <gasps> his friends weren't talking on what happened, and while yes, foul play was suspected, we couldn't exactly arrest on suspicion. Eventually, about two years later, after one of his buddies had been picked up on somewhat minor trespassing charges, he came clean. Apparently, the boys had this game they would play where they would get drunk, then catch one of the passing freight trains. As the train neared the usual swimming hole, the boys would jump off the train down into the water. Supposedly, when the train neared the usual bridge, the boy in question mistimed his jump and ended up wrapping himself around the tree. Oh my god. The other boys were just too scared to admit they had been involved. This reminds me of people who think that they're like faster than trains. Oh, yeah. In, like, cars, so, like, at railroad stops. 
it's like instead of waiting like a normal person and as you should they like speed through and then they like get hit by the train yeah because it's so big it looks like it's going a lot slower than it actually is and so they just like miscalculate and they're like no it's fine I can just like run across and then boom yeah and then I've seen this like one video on Instagram that's been like roaming around of just people driving trains or like large buses and people that are like trying to cut them off and they have like no other choice but to like drive through and the drivers are so unfazed like this is like an everyday occurrence for them yeah but then it's like this car is like totally smushed by like the train or like the bus just like what don't cut off a bus (laughs) (laughs) so then the last one of this post is or was never solved, but it involved a set of remains that were found inside an old brick smokestack during the stack's demolition. What gets weird about it was that the man had apparently died of starvation, so that ruled out him as having fallen inside the stack. There wasn't a ladder on the outside of the stack, nor a door to access that area. The smokestack was tied to an old school and had last been used sometime in the mid-1950s. The remains were dressed in clothing typical of the 1970s, which just made things even stranger. We identified the body as being a young man who had gone missing sometime in 1974, though beyond that the trail went cold. Never figured out how he had gotten himself in there in the first place. That is really weird. I feel like that's also very common, like weirdly enough. Yeah. Like there's a few like true crime cases or like cold cases where like they'll be up in a chimney but like no one knows how they got in the chimney, you know? Like they'll be just randomly in the walls but like no one knows how or why. Yeah. So this one is called a double decapitation. That sounds like fun. And so this is from a funeral director, and he says that he's never really been creeped out by anything, but what has to be the most what-the-fuck moment was a double decapitation of a husband and a wife from a motor vehicle accident. It took almost five hours, but both of them could have been in an open casket when they were done. Car accidents are, like, so scary to me. I know. I once saw, I think they might have shown this in high school, if not sometime in undergrad I saw a video of like a drunk driver who basically like crashed into a limo and the limo carried like a whole wedding party so it was like the wife the husband the the bridesmaids I think they even had a daughter like the grandparents like the entire wedding party Mm -hmm. and the limo was just so destroyed everyone was injured in some way or another the driver was like immediately dead on impact and the saddest part of this case was that their little girl was like fully decapitated because of the car so like a piece of the car just like went through her and like that was just like one of the most traumatizing (laughs) things ever but like you would see like the wife and the husband and they would just bawl their eyes out it was like the saddest thing and like I think they show that in like double a meetings or something like that where it has to do with like alcohol anonymous or drunk driving to try to like scare you straight yeah but it was just so sad yeah yeah. Cuz I think the driver had gone on the opposite side of the of the road. Yeah. And just like rammed into the limo. It was so sad. Mhm. 
Mm-hmm. Total side story, but car crashes are <laughs> car crashes are just so sad to me, and like so unnecessary, unnecessary, well, and drunk like, ones, yeah, and inevitable, not inevitable, and like completely avoidable, yeah, avoidable. Like, don't drink and drive. Be a cautious driver. You know, like don't cut people off. Like you can wait two seconds to let someone into your lane. Yeah, like everyone's literally going in the same direction. You yeah. Know? Speaking of a dead child, there's a post called Dead Babies, which is very sad, so you can skip a minute ahead (laughs) if you would like. But I think this is also one of the reasons I could not be a mortician or like a medical examiner or work anywhere near the medical field. Because of dead babies. Yeah, and just dead little kids. Like I can't deal. Yeah. I want to save them all and adopt them all, not like see them in that state. Yeah. So this is coming from a registered nurse who worked in the labor and delivery at a high-risk center. So they usually got the worst cases. Unfortunately, fetal demises aren't too rare. Usually they are from congenital abnormalities or spontaneous abortions. Having worked in the past with adults who have died, working with dead babies is much more disturbing than I would have ever thought. Anyways, two stories stick out in my mind the most. My first fetal demise was an induction for an 18-week-old fetus. I don't remember the cause, she says. Fresh out of school and loving working with happy, healthy babies, this assignment terrified me. The mother delivered the baby completely intact in the amniotic sac. With the mother and father sobbing, I go to pick up the sack, place it on a blanket, and take it over to the table to examine. I stood there staring at this blob, trying to remain professional and maintain my composure, but was completely frozen with fear. My preceptor at the time said, If you're okay, go ahead and open the bag. Take the baby out, wrap him or her up, and hand it over to the mom. I used my fingers to rip open the bag. Fluid pours out. The smell was something I'd never experienced before. Holding my breath, I take out the baby. At 18 weeks, the skin is very red slash pink, sticky and honestly alien looking. The eyes were bulging and we couldn't tell if it was a boy or a girl. I think I was more terrified to show the parents, who had already been through so much, because I knew they imagined their beautiful baby to look very different than from what I was about to hand them. I cleaned up, gave the family some alone time, and stepped out of that room completely changed. My heart. (laughs) (sighs) That's a lot. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Whenever I think of, like, the medical field or just, like, medical workers, like, yeah, they deal with death, but, like, I always attribute death to, like, older people Mm -hmm. or, like, adults. But, like, the harsh reality is that babies die and kids die and, like, they're just never, like, my go-to and I kind of want to (laughs) cry. Anyways, the next story happened when I felt a little more comfortable in these situations. As much as possible, I guess. This baby was about 18 to 19 weeks. Also, induction due to anencephaly. The baby delivered by the time my shift started, so it was now my job to take photos of the baby, footprints, and create a nice memory box for the family. I took the baby in another room to dress in little clothes and try to get as nice pictures as possible. Mm-hmm. The baby was so fragile, it was like working with jello. Oh my god. The school was actually open. 
no brain, but oozing all over. I tried to adjust the baby to get a better angle for the picture when suddenly the head slips from my hand and spins around all the way around. One full rotation. Oh my god. Out loud, I actually said, please don't pop off. Please don't pop off. Bitch, same. Right? <laughs> I spun the head back in place and gave up with the photos. I got a couple of okay photos, but wasn't about to risk getting more to explain to grieving parents why their baby was suddenly decapitated. Yeah, I could never do that. No. So to all the nurses, medical workers, coroners, Thank you. I give you mad props. <laughs> Seriously. So this one is called Penis Pump Dilemma. Lightening it up a bit. Yeah. <laughs> we need a little mood change. Mm-hmm. So it starts off with, I worked in a morgue for a while. Lots of weird things, but one case in particular stands out. A man was found dead in a food truck. He looked pretty normal from the outside, but after we took off his clothes, things started to look a bit odd. He was wearing woman's underwear that had holes cut in them for his penis. He probably had on around 20 pairs of underwear. He also had a penis pump on his penis with a few condoms on it. I don't remember what the cause of death was, but I wonder what his family thought about it. Maybe not the most gruesome, but definitely one of the weirder things I saw. I have questions. Did he just die because of blood circulation? Like... Because he had 20 pairs of underwear. He had a penis pump, and on top of that, he had condoms over the penis pump. Like, yeah, I think there's something going on there. So many questions. (laughs) So the next one is called Back from the Dead. A friend is a psychologist whose previous life was in crime scene photography. She went to the scene of a suicide in a garage. This guy had a project car that he had been working on his entire life. When he decided to end it all, he wanted to go with the car. So he shut the garage and turned on the engine and waited. To top it off, he had taken a bunch of pain and sleeping pills. When my friend got there, it was a good while after his death. EMTs and other specialists were there looking for details and whatnot. He was the VP of a fairly large chain of local businesses, so there was an insurance settlement to consider. My friend is in the middle of photographing the scene, and the guy was laying there, pronounced dead for hours, and he suddenly just shook hard. She thought it was a death rattle, so she kept taking pictures. Eventually, the guy sat up and nodded and the EMTs were called back into stabilizing him and eventually saved him. Apparently, the car had run out of gas right at the moment he went out, and he was pronounced dead on the scene. He couldn't talk or do much, but he had actually survived. That's crazy. But, like, what are the chances? Also, that's really sad because he went that long without, like, breathing, so now he, like, is stuck in that Yeah, state. like, the brain damage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, like, also that such a fear you know like how many movies have we seen where like the dead come back to life yeah you know or that take place in like a morgue or an autopsy table Mm-hmm. Like, that's scary. So this person worked with medical examiners for quite a bit, and he had a case where a couple passed away from a two-person plane crash. This is why you never go in, like, tiny planes. Only go in the big ones. 
because I feel like most plane crashes are just like the ones that are like really small that only hold like a couple people. Yeah, but like there's also plane crashes that happen on big planes. But those are like far and few between. Yeah, that's true. I just don't like planes altogether. <laughs> yeah. When the autopsy began, it smelled a bit like burnt barbecue and the people in the body bags weren't in your typical dead laying flat position. They were kind of stuck in a fetal position, opened up the bag, and I saw weird bumps on each of their heads. I asked the medical examiner what was up with the bumps, and I guess at high temps, the brain expands and needs somewhere to go. At some point, it just kind of pops out of the skull, so some of their brains were inside and some were outside of the skull. Mm-mm. That's nasty. Then we were trying to examine the body, and it looks like a cheap prop from a movie. I noticed a wedding band on the female passenger, and I try my best to remove it, but the whole finger comes off with it, and I felt kind of bad. Then I spent the next 10 minutes trying to clean off what I can. Only imagine was human grease and burnt flesh off the ring, so we could package it up and eventually return it to the family. Plane crashes are pretty crazy. Yeah. That's an understatement. These stories are just so sad. What did you expect? I have no idea. I was thinking more of like the supernatural type of stuff, you know? I mean, yeah, we can go into that if you want. Not so much like death and gore, which I get. (laughs) These deaths also remind me of um, that one show called Scarred. Yeah. Remember that? That one was brutal it was like on mtv and like showing actually like all the pictures and like it went into detail yeah Yeah. and it was all just like skateboarding accidents roller skates like it was all just full-blown accidents and like everyone lived for the most part but just like the gruesomeness of it all was just very intense and i mean it's no surprise that the show got canceled but like I'm surprised they actually, like, put that on MTV to begin with. I mean, MTV was, like, totally different back then. Yeah. Back in, like, the 90s, early 2000s. hmm MTV was a whole other world. <laughs> a lot of these are also just, like, a lot of uh, accidents, like construction accidents, car accidents, motorcycle accidents. This one involves something called elevator surfing, and the case was about a kid who was found on top of an elevator in a six-story dorm. Apparently, elevator surfing is just as dumb as it sounds. He somehow got his head caught in the cables and got it twisted around a couple times. This did not immediately kill him. He died from asphyxiation, which means that he had anywhere from 30 seconds to a couple of minutes to contemplate what had happened to him before he lost consciousness. Who comes up with that? I have no idea. That's also like the planking. Remember that? <gasps> mm-hmm. And like people were like really extreme with it. I, someone must have died from that. Oh, for sure. So this person majored in forensic anthropology and he was a regular reader of Forensic Science Quarterly. What a nerd. But here are some of the stories that he remembers. There was a mystery case of a headless corpse found in a truck in a national park. 
No head was to be found in the immediate area, and the truck was turned on but had run out of gas. The wound was very clean, no sawing, almost like a guillotine cut. The investigating authorities were rather confused, but eventually they found a receipt in his pocket for 50 yards of nylon rope. They widened the investigation and eventually found the rope tied to a tree with a noose at the other end. Further searching of this area eventually turned up the head. Pretty unique method of suicide. So now we're going to move on to a different article that is more focused on like morticians and like their descriptions of some gruesome facts about dead bodies. So it's not so much actual cases, it's more just like the mortician's perspective. So if you are interested in becoming a mortician, I think these are some facts you should know before you <laughs> determine you want to go into this field. Apparently there's some cool facts. I don't know how cool these are, but apparently they use denture adhesive to put skulls back together. That's innovative. <laughs> and apparently decomposing bodies almost always have a lime green abdomen. Ew. Yeah. And for decapitations, it involves a lot of stitching and wax, which is obvious. Yeah. Like, you gotta put it back together. <laughs> But I guess one mortician was asked by the husband to make his wife perky. What does that even mean and why? Like the boobs perky. Ew. <laughs> like what else could be perky? Like the ass perky? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't like it. But like she's dead. What are you going to do? With Never mind. <laughs> That's a whole nother <laughs> topic. A whole other topic. <laughs> but lesson to be learned here please drink your water because apparently bodies that are so severely dehydrated look like jerky. That's a wonderful visual. You'll never look at jerky the same way. Mm -hmm. We're just ruining people this episode. <laughs> um, rigor mortis makes muscles stiff. So yes, genitalia might be hard, but it will be very small because of lack of blood flow, unless he died face down. But then it would be flaccid. If someone is overweight, it is likely that they will have to buy two cemetery plots. He, she may not be able to fit in the crematory retort, and we do not chop bodies to make them fit. That's weird. But like, what if they wanted to be cremated? Go to another furnace that's bigger? I don't know how that works. I don't know how cool those facts are, but maybe if you're like in the field, those are cool facts. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like they seem just very random things. But one thing that like I'm genuinely curious about is whether or not they've had to deal with like people they knew, you know? Because like with like medical fields, like you don't, like doctors can't treat their family members or something like that. Yeah. Therapists can't see their family members. Like you can't provide services to family members. But like that must be traumatizing. I think that just like for your mental well-being, like that's not something that you should do. Yeah. But this person says that they've worked on a few, um, but that they just don't trust anyone to do as good of a job with their loved ones as themselves. Which is sad. Yeah. I would just be like sobbing the entire time. <laughs> 
Alright, so this is from a website called theghostdiaries.com. And the article is called, Eight Morticians Tell Their Most Disturbing Experiences. Fun! Yeah! <laughs> this episode. <laughs> I don't know what I was expecting for this episode. Right? Definitely not this, though. <laughs> <laughs> so this one is simply called Help. So, it starts off with, Well, at night, it can be a little creepy when you have to go down to the Morgue. One night, myself and a co-worker were taking someone down to the morgue. Now let me explain. Our morgue is a little freezer box that is in the basement and smells horrible. Plus, it has a ramp to get into it. So she and I wheeled the body down there and we push it up the ramp. Then we argue who is going to push the body in. Of course, I lose. So I swing the freezer door open, push the body, and slam the door shut. We start to fill out our paperwork when we both look up at each other. And she says to me, did you hear that? I said, I think so. So we turn up and look directly at the door and got cold chills as the hair on our arms were standing straight up. It sounded like someone was crying out for help from inside the freezer. We both looked at each other and with tremendous fear, we ran out. Days later, I was telling one of my friends, who is also a nurse on our floor, about the story. She tells me that she had similar things happen to her in that morgue as well. To this day, I will not go alone and I try to get out of there as quick as I can. Mm-mm. <laughs> That's terrifying. Yeah. Going along with hearing things in the morgue. This one is called The Sobbing Girl. My first experience at work was when I first started my embalming career. I had just started my shift and was using a restroom in the back. When I came out, I heard what sounded like a girl sobbing and the sound of feet shuffling around the floor. The floor was kind of gravely and had a distinct sound if you scooted your feet on it. The sound was coming from around the corner that led into a small room where we would store embalmed bodies, ready to be delivered to their respective funeral home. Mm. I figured someone was upset and crying, so I snuck in, still hearing the sobbing. When I peeked around the corner, the room was empty, no living person in there. I noticed that there was only one body in there as well, a young girl. She shot herself on the side of the head. I wasn't scared per se, but I'm pretty sure you could audibly hear my heartbeat. That's so creepy. Yeah. I don't like the crying, the asking for help, any of that. Like, that is just, like, too much for me. Like, if you have to make your presence known, just let me look at you. Don't say anything. Really? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I want to see or, like, hear them. I would rather much hear them because I'm, like, deaf, so, like, I won't really hear them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so am I, so I know that... If I can hear you, you're being pretty fucking loud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That and I'm blind, so like... Yeah, we're like... Yeah. <laughs> we're both blind, we're both deaf. Like, I guess I could... I would much rather see the spirit or person, because then it, it'll just be like a super blurry, yeah. blurry image, and I'll just like brush it off as like, oh, someone was in here too, you know? That and I can... <laughs> Oh my gosh. I'm crying. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, 
I would end up just like brushing it off if I were to like see the the thing, the spirit. Because like I see super blurry anyways unless you're like super close to me. So if I like pass you on the street and don't look at you, I apologize. <laughs> you know? I don't. <laughs> it's like I didn't mean to look at you. I don't want to see you. <laughs> I take off my glasses for that specific reason. <laughs> when I do public speaking, that's exactly what I do. Yeah. <laughs> I get, like, so nervous. Mm-hmm. Life hack. Yeah. <laughs> you wear glasses. <laughs> <laughs> this is us trying to self-seed with you. <laughs> this one is called A Mother's Love. When I got to work, that is all for me, just a job, and never really had any feelings for the people I've worked on since that's what I'm there to do. And of course, I don't know them. But this particular day has been embedded in my head ever since. I had done countless autopsies before without a problem. But then came the day I was dreading, an autopsy on a kid. It was a kid who was no older than a year or so. It was really hard since I have a kid myself. So as I was working on him, I was getting ready to wrap things up. I turned around and standing there was a woman sobbing. I assumed it was the mother and I told her she couldn't be there. I asked her how she got in but no response. She left the room and a few minutes later another body came on the stretcher. It was the woman I had just seen. I guess she wanted to make sure her baby was okay. To this day no one believes me but I know what I saw. Dude that's terrifying. It's Speaking sad. of seeing. Yeah. <laughs> All those spirits. That is really sad. But like I don't know I guess it depends on like whether or not you believe in like spirits or like an afterlife or ghost you know. Mm-hmm. But I think it's commonly heard that like a mother's love for the kid is just like so powerful that like if the kid were to pass the mother usually passes along with the kid because they like can't bear to like live without Mm -hmm. especially that young you know this one is called wrong arm (laughs) at times your imagination goes wild especially if this is your first year working at a morgue and here is my experience Sure, just like any other person, I enjoy horror movies, but I never thought of them as being real, especially when it comes to the supernatural. There had been a big accident somewhere nearby, and it was the third month working there. So, being one of the newbies, I had to show I was able to do this. It was a pileup, and there were several bodies at once in the morgue. Since some of them came in as, quote, pieces, and we had to put them back together like a puzzle. I don't want to get morbid, so I will skip this part. After a long while of trying to figure things out, some of the other guys decided to go to break. I decided to stay since I really didn't know them. I kept working, and I actually thought I saw a forearm with a tattoo to move a little bit. I thought to myself that it was my imagination, so I kept working. Next thing I know, I saw it move again. I decided to hell with it and kept looking at it, but nothing happened. I actually felt silly. I saw it move for the third time, and this time it really did move. Right there in front of my eyes, but how can this be possible? My coworkers busted through the doors, and I didn't say anything. Sometime later, one of them approached me and told me, Hey man, you got it wrong. I got what wrong? That piece, that arm, it doesn't belong to that body. See, this forearm goes over there, it belongs to that body. I had actually made the mistake of misplacing the parts, and I guess maybe the arm was trying to tell me something. Okay. 
<laughs> Next time, just listen to the arm. So this one is Beautiful Green Eyes. I was heading home after a long night at work. I was exhausted. It had been a pretty heavy day. I don't know how I managed to get home, but I did. I had worked on a young woman that night. She had caught my attention since she had these beautiful green eyes. That night at my apartment, I kept having dreams about that woman. I don't know why, but I kept seeing her running from something or someone, but I couldn't see who it was. After a while of running after her, I finally caught up to her and I asked her what she was running from. She told me, I'm running from my boyfriend. He wants to kill me. And the last thing I remember was seeing those big green eyes fade away in front of me. When I woke up the next day, the same woman was on my TV screen and they were looking for her boyfriend in connection with her murder. I never really told anyone about my experience, but I will never forget those beautiful green eyes. That's creepy, but also like somewhat... I guess she gets justice. Yeah. And that kind of makes it a bit better. Yeah. It's just like a creepy thing to happen, like a very scary thing to happen, but like at the same time, it makes you question, like what is there after death, you know, with like all the supernatural cases. Yeah. And I like definitely believe in ghosts. Like there's definitely paranormal shit happening. As far as like what happens like in the afterlife, who knows, but like I'll find out eventually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't haunt me too much. Bitch, you're gonna die before me, obviously. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe I, like, fall off a cliff accidentally trying to take a selfie. <laughs> yeah, accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> if I ever die, they're coming for you first. <laughs> but, like, I know these, like, stories are, like, super sad. The supernatural ones make you question a little bit. But the fact and, like, the sad reality is that we just don't have, one, the funding to go into these, like, organizations that deal with death and just, like, bodies in general. And we just don't have a lot of people that are interested in working with dead bodies. Yeah, because morticians or, like, people who work in, like, funeral homes, they only make, like, 50k a year mm-hmm. or, like, starting salary. And I'm like, you deserve so much more for the shit that you have to deal with. Yeah. And, like, most people go, I guess, into, like, the funeral home field just to help people and, like, yeah. to help them with, like, death and, like, all of that. Which is, like, very admirable and it, like, sucks that they're not getting compensated enough. Mm-hmm. It's a very, like, overworked, underpaid type of job. Mm-hmm. Even with the medical requirements or certification, like, you need to go to medical school to be a medical examiner, you know? But, like, even then, as you're going through med school, people aren't really thrilled about the dead bodies. If anything, they're really wanting to prevent it, you know? Mm-hmm. Which is, like, the basis of the medical model. But, like, we need more people in this type of field, even though we just read some real really intense stories. Yeah. But the reason I say that is because John Oliver, who is one of, like, the late-night TV hosts, did, like, a whole video on just how these organizations work, how overworked they are, how underpaid they are, and the differences between, like, a funded home versus, like, a very underfunded organization. And, like, the disparities in that are just, like, very drastic. And I know these, like, stories are, like, super 
super intense. So if you like made it to the end, like props. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I know this episode wasn't for everyone, especially because there's a lot of talk about dead kids. And I know that's a rough subject to hear about. So thank you for sticking with us. Yeah, but all the articles along with some other ones we found that we didn't go into will be linked in the description box below on this episode, as well as the John Oliver video, which I highly recommend. But that concludes this episode. <laughs> Tell us which story grossed you out the most, which one was the most creepy, and whether or not you would rather hear or see a ghost. Yes. You can tell us all that emailing us at thebebrewpodcast at gmail.com or DMing us on Instagram at thebebrewpodcast. Yes, and make sure you like, subscribe, and rate us on whatever listening platform you're listening to this on. And make sure to share the podcast with your friends or other people you know. Maybe not this episode, but we have plenty other ones. Yeah, Yeah, with that being said, I think this episode is done. Yeah, we hope you have a great Monday, a great week, and that something happy happens. Hopefully you don't die. That is my wish to you. Alright, tune in next week when we cover something more lighthearted. Hopefully. Yeah. Alright. Bye. Bye.